In ancient days of peril, the great King Arthur built a team of bold, brave, and insightful knights to join him at his round table. In more modern times, the stock doctor, battling a global pandemic, fiscal crisis, and an uncertain stock market, built a team of intrepid advisors to join him at his round table. Nikki Ward, Jared Bocart, and Sir Justin Kenny provide wise counsel here at the Modern Roundtable, The Stock Doctor's Prescription. Hey everybody, good afternoon and welcome to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, a.k.a. The Stock Doctor. Justin's in the house, Nikki's in the house. Uh, Jared not here today. I just got a message that his grandmother is ill, so uh, he wanted to be there for her, so that's understandable. I get it. Yeah, of course. Keeping her in our thoughts. We have a great guest this afternoon, all right? Paul Peterson with First Trust Portfolios. Now, First Trust, they do a lot of things, and and they do a lot of things really well. Not only do they provide research, and and they're one of the highest-read research... And most shared by advisors. By advisors in the country, but they also have a suite of exchange-traded funds. They have a suite of uh, unit investment trusts. They do a lot of uh, model portfolio type things, and they, they really have some, they, they put a lot of thought into their investments and their funds. And it's not just you know passively managed, and, and for the most part, I mean, they do have some passive funds, but a lot of their actively managed stuff really has worked exceptionally well. And their screening process. Right. I mean, they, they have a, a, one of their ETF, uh, I don't want to call it categories, but an alpha deck strategy, we'll call it, which is interesting because think about it every year, even the S and P 500, no matter, no matter how good the year is, you're going to have some really bad performing stocks within the S and P 500. It's a basket of stocks. They're not all going to be winners all the time. Right. So with alpha decks, they screen for balance sheets and cash flows and all the, the really important fundamental factors that you need when you want to buy businesses, good companies, and they chop off right out of the gate, the bottom 25%. Right. So you know, typically, then not not every time, but typically it, it does lead some outperformance. So, uh, you know, we'll Paul will be on in just a few moments. Also, we'll have Millennial Moment. Nikki, I know you've got an interesting topic. I can't wait. And uh, also, I want to remind everybody about Shred Day. Shred Day. Shred Day. It's this Saturday, May 30th, from noon till 3 p.m. in the parking lot of Siler Wealth Management here in Longwood. And uh, just go to our website, get the address, or you can call the office. But 12 to 3, and if it's, uh, you know, we could take it a fourth hour if we need to. If we need to go longer, we will. Bring yes. all the documents you can. You don't need to worry about taking out staples no. or paper clips or anything. Just chuck it Boxes in the back of the just shred truck. Dump that stuff in there. Boxes and all. This is one of my one of my favorite stocks, by the way, and it's been our favorite stock for quite a long time. We've owned it for many many years. Apple, of course, it's well documented. We own it individually. I own it. I, I don't know about you guys' portfolios, but uh, clients. It's our biggest position. Yeah. Okay, and um, it's really great to have your biggest position be such a great winner. Okay. Well, that's hence why it's one of our biggest even, positions. Even just today as we speak. Yeah. Well, let me just, uh, just, just today, JP Morgan, their uh, analyst came out and they raised their price target to $360. Wow. And, and keep in mind, Apple, despite all this coronavirus stuff is literally, <clears throat> excuse me, five, one and a half percent away from all time highs, all time highs. And on a stock that had, a significant run for a very, very long time. And that's had exposure to a lot of their, uh, what's it, your logistics, your supply chain being yeah. affected by the coronavirus. Yeah. Sure. 
Well, and you know, a lot of it talk is, uh, first of all, and they keep reinventing themselves too. Definitely. Because they were at first just a MacBook company. Then, of course, the iPhone changed the world as we know it. And the, the iPad, iPod. The iPods, the iPads. I mean, those things, but they keep evolving. And even though when, when you think that they're done, they now. But granted, wait, there's more. There's more. But let me tell you something. Those stupid little earpods. They look oh, stupid. I love the AirPods. But they look don't, stupid. I don't, don't want to say what they remind me of. It I, reminds I, me of a movie, a blockbuster from many years ago. Yes. There's something about Mary. Hair gel? Every, yeah, exactly. Okay. Every time I see one, that's what I see. And they look stupid. They look silly. And when I see people, no, I know they sound great, and I, I know people them. that love them. Well, the sound quality is one thing, but if you, it's it's like uh, the having to go to the, the store wearing a mask. You know, yep. it, for, it takes a while to get used to, and you feel silly. Uh, so I can't imagine people walking I around mean, with their earbod, earpods in, not feeling sort of silly about oh, it. Oh, I don't feel silly at all. I feel bad for but people who don't have them. did you at first? Ooh. No. Really? Yeah. Because we were making fun of you. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, and I think Apple designed them so that you're going to lose one. I do too. Well, and they course. actually sell just <laughs> one. Do they sell one? They do. My sister lost one. or it I didn't damaged. know if you had to buy a whole new pair you, if you lost one. You can just replace one. I know my, my buddy Brad, we were working out the gym one day and he lost one in the parking lot. I am terrified that I'm going to fling one out into the it. toilet or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How much do they cost? It's like 140 right? Yeah, in that area. Then there's the AirPods Pro. and What's the difference? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like I, you know what bothers me about them. What's that? The color. If they no, they make them now white? in black. See, that's what. Do I'm, they? If, yes, if I, you I saw could that. Get them in something other than bright. Hey, look at me, white. But I, I mean, the trademark is those bright the white. white. I, get I get it. But it, I did see they do make them the newest uh, edition. I don't know the if that's pros. the pro, but mm-hmm. they make them. They make them in uh, in black, so it'd be interesting. Also, are, are they all the same size? Brad has this thing that you could put in in there to make it stick to your ear better some hmm. kind of little the white device. ones are smaller i don't know i have they've no got idea. accessories they do have accessories uh big news uh, you know we'll see i have not heard that the governor of the state of florida ron DeSantis, has approved the plans for the parks to reopen I mean, we know that universal and SeaWorld are trying to get open uh, june 5th and june 11th respectively and then disney well the magic kingdom and animal kingdom are trying to get open by July 11th with the other two parks on July 15th. Yeah, the same week, just... Right. right. And I think part of the reason why they're waiting past when Universal and SeaWorld are opening is because they're just a conglomerate. They're massively big, and they have to construct the flows of how people are going to be able to go between parks, and they're going to have that reservation system. I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see how it plays out. I'm not going to be there on on opening day for sure. I have small children. You don't have. Do you have the uh, annual passes? We do to Sea World, Bush Gardens. Okay. You know, and and every year or two we alternate so that the kids, right. You know, sort of. You know, grow up going to the right kids, they're gonna they're gonna like that. that. That's a good thing. I mean, it's expensive as hell. Well, the thing is that if if the Disney thing happens and they're doing everything by uh, reservation and you can actually get on right. rides and things, it might be a. Good time. I here's what I well, I'm just I'm just speculating. I don't know. They have their plan. It hasn't been released, but I would think park hopping is done. That's not going to happen because yeah. they got to be able to control the crowd. Exactly. And you the can't flow. Con- you can't control if everybody's going to be the Magic Kingdom this day. So right. they probably are going to say, hey, from I would think you have three days here. You're going to be in town. Okay, so we're going to split it up from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on day one. You're going to be at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Then you can go to Animal Kingdom. Then you, I mean, they're going to have to do something like that. And then the monorails, like, are they going to allow people to just congregate on them? I, they have to maintain social distance on the monorails. They have to. Yeah. Just they, like I mean, the, for the subways in New York. Exactly. The, the public transit seems to be how a lot of people are getting infected. So the monorail shouldn't be any different. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm anxious to see. I'm, I'm sure... 
that uh, and I heard today they're saying why wouldn't Disney try and open up as quick as possible? They said Disney trying to get it right. Yeah. yeah. So Universal and the other thing is they can learn from their mistakes. But here's another reason, a very interesting reason, is that Disney has furloughed thousands and thousands of people. Universal has kept them on eighty percent salary. Wow. So they have more incentive to get get operating and get, get some money coming in. Get back up and running, sure. Yeah, a buddy of mine, uh, a guitar player, he's, I'm surprised, he works at Universal, and he told me he's on 80% salary and hasn't been working for That's the last... amazing. Yeah. That is. So the fact Props. that they did that, I got to give it to them, you know? Definitely. They, uh, so, but th- so that's why they're anxious to get back to work. And, um, you know, they're going to be, I'm sure, sanitized, sanitized, sanitized. They're better. And, um, you know, I don't know how they're going to control that. The thing is that even the CDC has sort of updated their guidelines on how this disease is mostly spreading. And it's really, yes, you can pick it up by touching things and then touching your face or your eyes. But it seems like the lion's share of transmission is through not social distancing. Airborne, through, coughing yeah, and people, sneezing. and You know, people within your six-foot bubble sort of coughing and then you picking it up and breathing in the droplets. So, hmm, sanitize, well, don't, whatever. I, Disney's going to do it right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. breathing. Yeah, just hold your breath when you're around people. Okay. But I'll tell you, seriously, I do when I'm walking through the grocery store, even with a mask on, if I walk down an aisle and somebody sneezes or coughs, I will hold my breath Rona. as I walk past them. I will. I'll <laughs> hold my breath and I'll shut my eyes and just book it straight uh, past them. Okay. Got your hands in your ears? Yeah. How are they going to police in July and August wearing a mask oh, at Disney? Be tough. I mean, just breathing think in about your, own your little sweat. kids. Uh, your little kids. No. They're going to be miserable. They're not going to want. Happen. They're not, not going to want to keep their mask on. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. There's no way. Try putting a hat on a little kid and they freak out. Yeah. So I, I don't see it's how it's going to happen. But anyway. Um, I think my boy will end up headbutting people and acting a fool. Just, you know, try to put a mask on him. He's going to, he's he's willing to, to die for the cause. <laughs> well, he's a little, uh, we'll call a little ball buster. Yeah, he's a hellion. Yeah, he is. A um, little pissant. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring uh, our guest on today. We have a, a really, really special guest. And we've known Paul Peterson for many, many years and uh, he works at First Trust Portfolios. Now, Paul used to be a high school math teacher. He was a teacher, yeah. He used to That's be a high awesome. school math teacher, yeah. And He's one of the best speakers I've ever heard. Fantastic, fantastic speaker, fantastic. very knowledgeable. Yeah. And uh, I believe we have Mr. Paul Peterson on the line. Paul, are you on the line? Yep, I'm here. All right, we have Paul Peterson, First Trust Portfolios. And, uh, Paul, we were just talking about the reopening of Disney and uh, how important that is to our, you live in Central Florida, how important it is to, to our community. And um, any, any thoughts on that as far as what you think they're going to do? Or, uh, I mean, we were talking about and speculating probably the park hopping is going to be done. They're going to be scheduling like the zoo did. Hey, you're, you could be in Magic Kingdom from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and not only that, and by the way, you're looking at maybe the NBA coming down here too for Central Florida, which would be, you know, a good thing as well. Um, but the first thing is, you, yeah, you would do do a smaller capacity, right? You you might have that. You'll probably have the workers, you know, have masks. The problem is, it'll be a hundred degrees, right? When yep. when this thing opens up. So uh, the good thing is, the virus doesn't survive um, very long in in that much heat. So you're looking at probably a a 50% capacity here at some point, which would be great for central Florida just to get people up and running. I know they're, you're, they're already uh, taking reservations for uh, hotels that happened a couple of weeks ago. And I already know some people that, that booked and said, I'm, I'm ready. And I'm from Chicago. So I know a lot of people are coming down this summer 
uh, to go there and they're looking forward to it. And, you know, it'll be, be great for central Florida for things to open up like that. Well, you know, huge, huge. you guys, but it's going to be huge for everybody here, of course. And, uh, you know, you guys at first trust, uh, you know, great research. I mean, you're one of the, the most read research on the street and for good reason, because, you know, you have, uh, Brian Westbury is incredible. All your economists there and your uh, money managers, all, I mean, these guys really know what they're doing, and you guys take a lot of put a lot of thought into what you're trying to achieve, and you know, market wise and, and economy wise, I know that you know the the reputation of Brian Westbury being the permable, but I mean, the permable has been correct. He has, he has so. been correct, and nobody saw this coming. No. So Brian, he just um, he put, updated his target on the S and P 500 recently. Yeah, we, we he updated it originally at the beginning of this year. We thought thirty six hundred uh, on the S and P is kind of what our thoughts were. You had, you know, lowest unemployment rate in, in since the sixties. Um, wages were accelerating. You know, business was good. And then, on, you know, as soon as we we all heard about what was happening over in China, but we really didn't live it. And then until. Until we, we saw the first NBA arena shut down, um, that's when it kind of hit home for everybody. And by that time, the markets are down twenty about 20%. And a little history on bull and bear markets, you know, your average bear market is down 36% last 1.3 years. Well, 35.2% on the S&P, 38.2% on the Dow, and it happened in less than 30 trading days. That was unbelievable. So what normally takes, takes 1.3 years happened in less than 30 trading days. But, but now, see, the but difference is, though, Paul, excuse me, one, one thing, we didn't have a slowdown in the economy. We had a shutdown. Right. Yes, exa- exactly. Normally, you start having some layoffs happen, and, of course, now we have 40 you know, 40 million people in a matter of two months. But here's what you have now. You have the fastest bull market in history. And that's part of the, the, the issue that people have had is, you know, the data that was coming out at the end of the first quarter, you know, in March was pretty good, right? The economy in January and February were strong. So the data was coming out in March and everything was good. The problem was we saw the shutdown and we knew the business would start getting worse. So the market fell in anticipation of things, just like the market today is recovering in anticipation. And the hardest part, Lee, and and your group, I mean, if you think about markets and market bottoms, in order to buy something low, you have to buy it when nobody wants it, when everybody thinks the world is going to end and when there's the most fear. And it's because people are fearful of what's happening, so they're selling. And you have to, as a buyer, say, you know what? It might be bad, but it's not going to be this bad. I'm going to hold my nose, and I'm going to buy it. And markets, history says, too, markets will bottom 4.75 months before the actual economy will. So if you're in the belief that things in June and July will start improving as people get back to work, as the economy opens back up, well, the economy is most likely already bottomed. So the market bottomed March 23rd in our estimation. Our price target in a year end is 3100 to 3200 It's hard to have a moving target, but we do know this. The economy is going to start on the mend, and that's why you're starting to see more cyclical sectors 
um, starting to rotate. You have small caps participating. You have financials this week and energy and industrials leading the charge. Um, and, and instead of just the only stay-at-home stocks, like your internet stocks working, now you have a little bit more broad-based. Right. You're seeing the, the rally kind of uh, broaden nicely, and it was really nice to see the banks, uh, the money centers, and the regionals all make some moves this week. But you and I spoke, and I, and I am a firm believer in buy when there's blood in the streets, and the craziest thing happened a month ago or so, and of course we saw as well-documented about the negative uh, energy contracts, negative $37 to get a thousand barrels of oil. You have to go pick it up at Cushing, Oklahoma. And you and I spoke about it and I said, and we talked, I Mm -hmm. said, Paul, I can't, I can't believe that this is going to stay like this. And you said you had already bought some of your energy fund. And I said, I wanted to buy the energy fund. And and we talked about it and I did it, you had done it. And it ended up being a phenomenal play thus far. I mean, it's up like 40, 50%. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about markets and, and bottoms and, and you and I chatted, but when, when energy went negative, which by the way, I don't think any of us in our whole industry realized things can actually go negative. Didn't think no, we would right. do that. But, but, but that day and two days, it was two days over energy stocks, companies actually had green arrows. Like, so I want you to just think about that. So these energy companies, stock price, was actually either flat or moving higher, yet energy, the commodity, was negative. And anytime you see negative news and a stock go up, well, the bottom's in. The stock's not going to go down anymore. And anytime you see, just like if, you, if anybody's ever seen an earnings report, all of a sudden a company blows through expectations or sales are all-time highs, and all of a sudden the stock falls and you're like, Well, how is that even possible? It's because all of the good news is already baked in. So what happened in energy is all of the news, the negative oil, things like that, were already baked into the stocks themselves. And the stocks, stock markets have forward-thinking indicators saying, all right, the economy is going to start bottoming. Oil prices should bottom. Demand should start coming back as people come back to work. As China reopens, demand's going to come back. And, and that's what you had. It was an, in a, it, it incredible uh, what we saw in the month of March and April, which is in markets in general. So, I mean, we're, we're so far off that low of March 23rd now at 30% off the low or something like that. Um, do you think we've gone too far too fast? Do you think that there's, there's probably, not, I don't want to talk second wave meaning of the virus, but just a, a retest, some semblance to near those lows? It's, it's going to be very hard to retest, and one of the reasons why would be this. How many people thought we could see 3,100? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. We're at 3,067, almost 3,100 on the S&P, which is, by the way, where we were in December of last year. Right. And it, it's, it's hard to fathom, but markets have a tendency to do what people least expect, not what the most amount of people expect. And the least amount of people expected to see a move like this. Um, And what I would say is chances are we chop around uh, this summer, but bottoms in in our in our minds and any dip we get, there's five trillion dollars sitting in money markets of people who have been sitting in cash waiting for a pullback. They haven't got it. But let's be honest, we all do know that things aren't going to go straight up from an economic standpoint. We feel like we're in a U-shaped recovery right now. 
a V-shaped stock market, uh, but but the economy will take a little bit of time to to heal. Uh, we do know some jobs aren't coming back anytime soon. Uh, you know, the the uh, airline industry is going to be struggling for a while. Uh, the the hotels and leisure is probably going to continue to struggle for a little while. But as things get back up and running, unemployment should come down. Um, and, and business should get back in two years from now, in our minds, we're hitting all time highs and people will look back at this and go, man, what we went through, scary, no fun. Um, but it taught me lessons about, uh, you know, business in general and, and markets. We're talking to Paul Peterson, our uh, first trust portfolios, and we're going to just uh, wrap things up here in a moment. But, but Paul, we had, of course, that numbers came out, negative 5% GDP first quarter. We know quarter two is going to be awful. Is it possible that Q3 is positive? Yeah, we're expecting as a company about 35 to 4% GDP growth. So it will be the fastest recession pretty much in history, the deepest and quickest uh, recession we've seen. And that's what the market's anticipating. Right. The market's a forward looking indicator and it's seeing that, you know, business should start getting back. You know, we're not at full capacity yet. It's going to take time to get. But but the market sees better news on the horizon. And with 73 companies working on a, a vaccine, a therapeutic or an antibody medicine, it's really hard to get bearish uh today about the United States. There's one thing and Warren Buffett got interviewed a, a couple weeks ago and. He said, don't bet against the United States, and we would echo that comment. All right. I, I want you to leave us with uh, I'm gonna give you one more question. What does you guys at First Trust, what do you believe are the top three sectors from right now? Not a month ago. What you guys will think will outperform over the next 12 months right now? Top three sectors. The top three sectors would be financials, probably energy, and either technology or healthcare. Really? Okay. You know, and, and we would... Yeah, we, we, we would say, I, I should say industrials as well, because as things, it's, it's the things that you've had a big move, the stay-at-home stocks, right? Everybody's been on the internet, right. biotech companies have done well, um, but, but long-term, healthcare tech still looks very attractive, but your sectors that are more cyclical, that are still beat up, still 40% off their high, 35% off their high are those, those three that I just mentioned. All right. Paul, thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Paul Peterson, First Trust Portfolios. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, all. Okay. Uh, Paul always does a great job. And uh, interesting that he did. I know he liked the energy as a trade back a month ago. Yeah. But he likes that as a sector right now, which is uh, very interesting. I I didn't think he would say that. Financials, no surprise, because there's some value there. And uh, I, I looked at... Still, city is still trading at fifty something percent of book value, which yeah. is absolutely crazy. The sector is lagging a little bit today, but I mean, it's crazy that it surged fifteen percent in the last two trading sessions. I know. Yeah, but again, I mean, fifty percent of book value. Explain book value. Well, mm, it's some idea. some of the parts. You know, when you right. when you add up all the sum of the parts versus the whole, you can buy the the whole company for fifty percent of the sum of the parts. So, from a value play, that just makes good sense. Absolutely. And now it's time for Nikki Ward, our mega millennial, with the millennial moment. So whether or not you have social media, I'm sure you've all seen the outrage from the president about Twitter 
So I wanted to kind of talk about content moderation as well as free speech when it comes to these social media platforms. So just to recap, President Trump is allegedly going to be signing an executive order sometime today that is going to chip away at some of the legal protections that tech companies enjoy. It's under it's under Section 230, which is 26 words, and it's been called the 26 words that created the Internet. Okay. And so that basically says that these platforms aren't going to be held legally liable for the content that they allow to be used on their, published on their platforms. And they, they can moderate things and they can take things down as they so choose. So his, his argument is that anything pro-Republican, they're taking down some of these. Well, they definitely say like there's a conservative bias as well as they are saying that so this all kicked off when on Tuesday President Trump tweeted about mail-in ballots and Twitter put a little fact check exclamation asterisk on it and what? that's just pointing out it's sort of funny that the president of the United States <laughs> tweets something and Twitter's like hey guys by the way this guy might be full of it. I don't yeah. know. Just maybe look into this for yourself. Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. He's tweeting anyway. But go ahead. Right. I mean, yeah. And I think it's really funny that he's railing against Twitter on Twitter. Yeah. Maybe you should have moved to, um, what's that one? That's Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat, Reddit, Facebook. Well, he would, would okay. he have to just put out a bunch of memes? Like take know. a picture of whatever's... Never mind. I don't know. It's crazy. So I just was curious if you guys had any opinions on if these social media platforms are arbiters well, of truth or if they should be. <laughs> I, here's the, I, I just, the, the free speech, first of all, I, I am, yes, of course, our country's based on it, but I have a problem with it sometimes. <laughs> okay, I do. But real because quick, stupid people have voices. Real quick, asterisk, yes. free speech is about government. Mm -hmm. It is, it's not applicable to private companies it's if the I government tries to censor you but what i don't like is that you in my opinion if you're going to have stuff out there you got to print it both both ways I and mean, that's why i hate that fox news is one way cnn's one way this does this is one of my my biggest frustrations is just you know you're gonna the get lack the spin. Of objectivity exactly I, you know there was a time when the news just reported the news right i with I, no spin there are people that believe everything they read on facebook or well no offense no offense to to the stock doctor himself there's a demographic that tends to be very susceptible to false information on social media and, and it's spreading right it like wildfire right and it's right around Big news it's right around your demographic Big that news. well because they, they don't have to use computers and get any further than just what they see on well, one i page. wouldn't say that about you just though. the title oh, no. But I think it's insane, too. Like, these companies are built based off of algorithms that are designed to optimize division and to accelerate people's attention and time that they spend on there and increase it. I don't know. I feel like if, if you ask me, it sounds to me like what he basically is saying is if so, is your, t is your television responsible if a commercial comes on and... The commercial is biased. Well, don't is it the you, television's fault? No, but aren't there media companies that when they run political campaigns and ads, they have to watch them and make sure that they're acceptable and yeah, that they apply to the rules? Like all of a sudden when that lying. I approved this message thing yeah, popped up a few years ago. Never heard that when I was a kid. Uh, I, I don't I, as really long recall. as I can remember, but maybe that's... And so with free speech, there are some limitations. You can't yell fire in a crowded area. Right. You can't say bomb on an airplane. Like there are limitations mm -hmm. to free speech. And so I think misinformation and 
purposely promulgating that should also follow somewhere in at least a content moderation perspective. Like there's, there can't just be the wild, wild west. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's, a, it's, it's a tough one. It is. I agree with that. I mean, I, the other, the, the flip side of that conversation is, is hate speech, is hate speech protected under free speech? I mean, but you don't, that's not, hate speech isn't tolerable in public areas. It's not tolerable at all, ever, ever anywhere, unless it's amongst Agreed. its peers. But at the end of the day, if we silence that and we don't listen to that, it just goes underground and it, then it just festers. It doesn't stop. Did you agree with Colin Kaepernick in the kneeling? Yes. You did. And if you know, want to know why, okay. you can see a picture that recently was posted of a side-by-side comparison I know, I saw to the police officer kneeling yeah. on Floyd's neck I to why it. Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in protest. Okay. Of police brutality and the fact that our criminal justice system is blatantly biased. That was absolutely horrible. I still think Colin Kaepernick's a scumbag. I do too. I hate him. Not a fan. All right. Nikki Ward. Our mega lenial. That'll be next week. Lo siento. Sorry, I, I don't <laughs> Good stuff. Always by Nikki. Thank you. So don't forget, uh, coming up this Saturday, two days. Two days. This is Thursday, by the way. We're recording this Thursday about 1.45 p.m. on uh, May 28th. So it's, if, it'll drop today. Uh, Saturday, however, please, 12 to 3. 12 to 3. Rain and, or shine. Yeah, rain or shine. And it's going to rain. We know that. But we're going to have some some sandwiches, you know, some uh, drinks, beers, waters, things like that. That will um, yeah, just hang out. You can well, hang out with us. People don't realize, uh, you know, once you have been in quarantine in your own environment, looking through all the stuff that you've just accumulated all over the years, the papers that you don't need anymore, and you don't want to just throw them in the garbage. Right. right? No. I mean, you don't want that no. sensitive information potentially and in the wrong hands. Let me tell you something. We cleaned out a lot of stuff during this uh, quarantine time. So yeah, I wish I wish I could throw toys in the shred machine. Yeah, your house is loaded with them. <sighs> did you see that Boeing is resuming their uh, producing the 737 Max? I did see that. It's pretty wild. You know, and there were people that said it was not going to happen. Here's, I just remember me saying that this whole coronavirus thing is not going to be as bad as everybody's saying. And it's not going to be the best case scenario. It'll be somewhere in the middle, in the which middle. I think that's where we which are. Tends to, you know, you're, because you're just a level-headed get, bloke. Because people go, they just get irate over this well, stuff. Well, the thing is that emotion, emotion drives us all to the worst case scenario. I am I myself am, am personally responsible for that as well. E- emotion is driven by fear. I dive to the fear. bottom. I, I get, you know, I get scared stuff. Emotion is driven by fear. And if you look. And if, fear of the unknown. That's the thing. The question mark yep. is yes. the problem. Nope. We don't do well with the uncertainty right. well, humans we have a great article and i'm not going to get into it right now but there's a great article from one of the guys at first trust i think brian westbury it's posted on our facebook page oh it is mm-hmm. okay it was a, it's a great article and he was basically saying that it's fear is there's some things that are scary some things that are dangerous right and we should be more fearful of heart disease basically you can't spread heart disease though no while but you're 650,000 people die of it each year i, I saw it was closer to 700,000, but Okay. That's an insane number. Close enough for government work. Well, the thing is that this year, that number is going to drop <laughs> significantly. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us today. You guys did awesome. Nikki, thanks. Justin, yep. 
Jared, we're thinking about you. I know he had to deal with some family stuff. Hey, but you've been listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We can help you in your money management needs, financial planning, portfolio, income needs. Uh, give us a call, 407-831-8002. Check out our website, stockdr.com. That is stockdr.com. We'll see you next week. We should be top down driving on the PC.